Um, I really am. We are live. What is up, everybody? Happy Thursday. We're together for another amazing, incredible, stupendous, delicious data on Kubernetes communities uh, live stream. Today is live stream number 114. Can you believe it? We've just been producing tons of content, amazing content. Today will be no exception. As usual, we're letting everybody know about something that's coming up on a very important date. What is that going to be? That's right, folks. It's KubeCon. We will be having our co-located event on May 16th in Valencia. It will be virtual, but I will be there in person and lots of other folks will be there in person. It's going to be super, super cool. So with that in mind, I'm going to drop the link for our CFP um, so you can get your, get your talks in. Check out the CFP. Um, there are very clear instructions on there about what kind of talks we're looking for, about what kind of talks we're not looking for as well. So please read that before you decide to submit a talk. We'll also be doing a DOK Students Day at the end of March. There'll be more info coming about, about that soon um, to get some young folks in there to be giving talks. Speaking of young folks, I've had the privilege and pleasure and honor of knowing today's speaker for quite a while now at this point, uh, several months. I can't remember the yeah, first yeah. time. I think we interacted, I think, because of KubeCon. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but yeah, yeah. Ritzik is an amazingly talented young person um, who is currently working with a data on Kubernetes company called Portainer. Awesome folks. Shout out to Neil. Shout out to Andrew. Love all the Portainer, uh, Portainer family. Um, so we're going to be nerding out, Portain nerding out, uh, about Helm today with Ritzik. But Ritzik, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself? how you got into this whole, you know, Kubernetes ecosystem and a little bit about what we're going to be learning today. Yeah, so I got into Kubernetes while I was in, as a content writer at P3R. So I was learning WordPress and all those things. And then I found out how to deploy your application. So I started with server and then found out about containers and then got into Kubernetes. And then that's how my Kubernetes journey began, like around 1.4 months, 1.4 years ago. And about me, I have a slide about that. So we will go okay, wait, 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 we don't, no spoilers. Folks, as usual, we want this to be as interactive as possible. Please leave your questions in the YouTube chat. We will get to them accordingly. And if we can't, we can definitely continue the conversation in Slack. Ritik, I'm sure, has lots of answers to any questions you have. So feel free to get those out there. If you want to start sharing your screen, go for it. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Let's do it. Yeah, can you see my screen? Not yet, but I'm very much looking forward to it. You are increasing the suspense, the tension, the interest. Let's see. Don't worry, we're always talking about you know data on Kubernetes, but few technologies can be more complex than Zoom. Now we're getting there. Yeah, we got yeah. it. Perfect. Okay, one second. This is a wrong screen actually. So let me just. That's okay. Yep, we got to see your presentation mode. Nice slides, by the way. Very clean. Like the color scheme. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Can you see my presentation? Yes, I can. Okay. Yep. Thank you. Looking looks great. Yeah. So, uh, hi everyone. I'm Rithik, and today I will talk about Helm for beginners. So, today's agenda would be understanding Helm and what, why, and how is Helm required, used, and Helm source. We will go with the architecture of Helm, and then we will discuss components of Helm, like charts, repos, and all those things. And the last, we will deploy a WordPress application on Helm, so it will be the, so that we can create a block in the process. So a little bit about me, I'm Rithik, 
and I am addicted at Portino. I'm from Kolkata, India, and I'm studying as a sophomore in my university, and I'm Sporex as HR certified and preparing for CK. So I'm learning a lot about Kubernetes recently, like packages and all those things. And I've written a lot of blogs about that also. Right now I'm going to software. Here are my links, which you can connect with me and you can always find me on DOF chat. And you really like hoodies from what I can tell in the picture and both right now. Yeah, I love hoodies. I love CNCF facts. Good, 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 good. Keep going. Yeah. So yeah. So what is Helm? So Helm at basic is a CNCF graduate project and it's a package manager for Kubernetes. So what is a package manager? So it's like APT for your Ubuntu distro in which you can find a lot of apps which you can install. Like if you want to install some calculator, you can just write sudo apt update or sudo apt name of the package and it will install that. Helm is something similar, but for Kubernetes. We use Helm to install charts and use them. So the package contains our object manifest for Kubernetes and that's it. So first version of Helm was released in 2016 and the next uh, was around that year only. And the Helm version three, which is widely used right now is was released in 2019. It has been graduated from that moment now. So next is why should you care about Helm actually? So the reason you should care about Helm is because manual deployment is tiny. Suppose you want to deploy an object or a Kubernetes pod, then it's very easy. You can write kubectl, create or run the pod name and the pod image, and it creates the pod. But suppose you want to deploy a big application with a lot of services, a lot of demos, a lot of uh, pods and a lot of objects. So it becomes tiring because firstly, you need to find the manifest of all those objects. Then you need to find and test them so that they are working. And there can be numerous manifests in a big application like WordPress or in a production grid application. You need to configure your stateful sets and all those things. It becomes tiring and there is a chance it can prone to be errors. So for a simple application like ports is quite easy, but when you go and between applications, it becomes quite complicated. So you need, for example, in WordPress, you need to create your services and you need to connect to your database so that it stores the data and all those um, blocks which you create. And then you have to create config maps to store your secrets and all those things. And the next problem is like, uh, when you create the application and suppose you need to update your image, like there is a new version of WordPress which provides you better security or something like that, then it becomes very hard because you have to firstly find the manifest in which your uh, up, uh, image is written and then you have to explore that and find the line and then update that. And then you have to deploy that. And suppose if something goes wrong, you can't roll back easily. You have to go again back to the file and then find exactly what changes you have made. There is no memory over there. If you have external logs, you can keep that over there. So that's an quite a big issue if you're dealing with more than one manifest. So here, Helm comes in the picture. So Helm provides an easy way to deploy complex application. Suppose you want to deploy a WordPress application on your cluster. You can use two, three commands and your application will be deployed on, what, on your Kubernetes cluster. You don't have to do a lot of things. You have to just deploy a chart which has been created by someone else and configure the values which you want to and then deploy that. 
Helms provides you an easy way to update specific values. Suppose there is an update and you want to change the image you are using for WordPress, then it's very easy. You will just go and go to the single file called values.yaml in your Helm repo and update that. We will go with the example in a couple of minutes with that. And then Helm provides an easy way to share your templates. So when you package your application in a shareable format by creating a template, it is very easy to share that. You can share that by uploading to a Helm repository, which can be a lot of them. Some are public, some are private. Some like public one examples are like Artifact Hub from CNCF. And you can create your own private registry inside your organization. Both are possible. And the best part of Helm is it provides an easy way to manage dependencies. Suppose your application is dependent upon some another application. So for that, you need to make sure you are listed all of those things manually and you have to install that. But with Helm, you don't need to do that. You can just create dependency graph on chart.yaml file and it will help you to manage all the dependencies and solve that. And the, one of the good things about Helm is like when if you mess around with your cluster and change something which is crashes your cluster, Helm rollback comes into the picture. You can roll back to some changes which has been stable changes and your cluster will be safe and it won't take your application offline. So that is the main advantages of Helm. So if you have any questions, you can ask me, then we will go into the next slide. So this is a- I, If I can stop you there really quickly, you, know, you mentioned this in the beginning, just for maybe some folks that joined a little bit later, you're a yeah. sophomore in university, all right? Correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Good. So just to establish that, it's just because sometimes we encounter uh, folks of all different ages, but that are getting started with Kubernetes and say, oh, it's really hard. It's impossible. It's overwhelming. It's stressful. You're, you know, probably around 20 years old and you're doing this, you know, like, and you're doing it for real. Like you're not just, you know, coming here to, to make this stuff up. Um, for people that are getting started out with these kinds of technologies, are there any recommendations that you might give that worked in your case or learnings that were maybe uh, difficult along the way that you would say, knowing what I know now, I would definitely do this differently in the future? Any kind of advice you might give? Yeah, for example, like, uh, first of all, you need to understand why the technology is being used. For example, let's uh, start with Docker. Why are we using that? We are using that because it helps us to uh, deploy things very easily. We don't Manage dependency, we don't have to manage ports and all those things. We can just write something and it becomes a template which helps us to deploy things. So understanding why the tool is used helps a lot to understand why we are using that. Then the best part is you can just create a cluster. There are a lot of credits for students and as well as professionals on AKS, EKS, all those things. You can go into that and create a cluster and play with it. You can create your own image, you deploy with that. There are a lot of awesome tutorials on YouTube, a lot of awesome blogs, kind of, of them I've also written. So you can go there, play with that, make a small Flask application or Fast API application, Dockerize that, then containerize that, and then deploy that on Kubernetes or Docker Compose, anything you want to. That's the best way I used to learn. And just share your learnings. Like if you're learning something, just share your learning in a form of blog post or maybe in a form of YouTube video. That helps you to solidify your learning. Like if you have, it makes the picture clear. Yep, very, very good answer. And I really like what you mentioned and I put this in the YouTube chat as well, what you said is that it's one thing to talk about what a technology is. It's another thing to talk about how it works, but actually as important and probably even more importantly, is start with why 
why am I going to use this? You know, why, why should I be doing this at all? You know, what, what's the value here? And it's a really, really important thing that everybody should keep in mind. Everybody should take into account. Anytime they're encountering someone, there are tons of new technologies. I think there are 8 million projects on GitHub. You know, like that for everyone, we should always be asking, why should I be using this? That's a very, very good thing to keep in mind. Anyway, keep going. Good stuff. Yeah. Why well, is very important because there are hundreds of technology coming every day. So you need to understand why is this helpful for me? Is it because everyone is using or is it because I require it? Yep. Love it. Uh, so yeah, then uh, we will go into the simple architecture of Helm. So this is your repository like Play Store or App Store. Here people upload their templates or charts. So from here, you can download the charts using Helm CLI. We will walk through Helm CLI, what is that? And to give Helm CLI access to your cluster, you need to download the kubeconfig file. So when you download the kubeconfig file from your cluster, then you can use commands like Helm install, Helm update, and it will download the templates, unzip the templates, and then uh, install the application onto your cluster, which then it installs that in form of releases, which you can roll back if something goes wrong, you can update using another things. So next we will go and explore the components of Helm. So there are three main components of Helm. One is charts.yaml. So charts.yaml is one of the basic uh, components of Helm, which specifies which API version is your Helm application using. So there is Helm 2 and there is Helm 3. So if you're using Helm 2, then you have to write version one. If you're using Helm 3, you have to write version two. Then the name of the chart and then the version of the application. So you can write version one of your application or version two of your application. So that it becomes easier for another people who are using your application to understand how the thing is working and which version are they using for the application. And if some new updates are there, then it will be becoming easier for them to update. Then we have dependency. Suppose your application has some dependencies, like for example, your application is Postgres database to run with that. Then you can list your dependency over there. Keywords are a way to uh, give uh, words which your uh, you can search on the repository. Suppose there is a database keyword, and then you will search database, and all the databases available in your repository will be there. Maintainers is an easy way to people to find you who is the creator of the repository and if, uh, get more information if it's required. And I can insert simple picture, and homepage is the homepage of the repository. So Charles.yaml in basic contains the details about the charts itself or the template. Then we have components of Helm. So in a typical deployment, this there won't be something called this templating over there. It looks like a lot of our Jinja templates. Like if you have been using Python, so there is a, something called Jinja template, which helps you to render HTML. So it looks quite a lot. And there is something called values.yaml. So what Helms does is that it replaces the values from the values.yaml into the deployment.yaml. And the same goes with the values.image.repository. So there is an image and there has a child called repository, which is using the nginx image. When we run something called Helm install, the following thing combines and creates something like this, in which you can see the replica has become one and the image has become nginx. So when you run the following command, this is created. So yeah, 
suppose you need to update your application, then you can go here and just update the following Nginx image to another version. You don't have to go here and find the template and change specifically what you want to do. So it's quite easier because you just have to take care of one file and not the whole big file. And Helm takes care to render the thing. And suppose something goes wrong, Helm has a capacity to roll back. Next, we have the Helm CLI. So Helm CLI helps you to manage your Kubernetes resources and packet templates. So you can create the, those things and we will see a live demonstration of that right now. So I'll go there. Do it, rock this demo. Yeah, thank you. We will open our CLI and we will Okay, looking good. So right now, when you type help, help, so it provides you with a couple of commands. So you can search for charts using the Helm search. You can pull charts from Helm charts, Helm repository. You can install the things. We will install all of those things in coming lectures. So Helm provides you with a lot of tools, which might be a bit advanced for you, but the main one to look forward is to create history install list rollbacks so if you want to on our application you can write helm and the command so yeah this is helm repository so as we discussed helm repositories are a way to store your application templates on Repository like there is Docker Hub, there is Play Store. So there is Helm Artifact Hub to store all your Helm charts. You can deploy a repository for yourself also. It's quite okay. And spawn your requirements. You have to have the .kubeconfig file on your Helm repository, uh, Helm CLI. So for example, Helm works because we have a config file in the domain. So when we go into that, so there is a config file which authenticates our Helm CLI to use the cluster. Yeah. So is there any questions? Because we will right now get into the demonstration. Oh no, go right into it, go right into it. I think once we get into the demo, then we'll get even more questions going. So yeah, jump right in. No, but audience, they love you so far. You're doing a great job. And I just think this is so beautiful. And don't worry, I'm going to be writing about this. And LinkedIn also on Twitter is seeing, once again, someone with, with your experience that you're jumping right into this. I think it's an amazing example for other folks and a source of inspiration. So you got a bunch of fans right now, Ritik. Let's dive into the demo. Let's do it. So we will use something called Portina to install Helm chart so Portina is a centralized service for you centralized application and we will use that to help so what will we be installing today uh, if i can if i can just interrupt briefly since we mentioned this earlier you know and thinking about this this question of what how and why why portainer why portainer okay why portainer yeah. so we will use Portainer because it provides a specific layer of abstraction to our application so it provides a way it's, 
a GUI in which it will be easier for us to understand how things are working and to manipulate those things. So when we will open the Portina dashboard, we will look into more into it, like how everything is coming together to simplify learning and how I use Portina to learn Docker and Kubernetes at first. So, yeah. So, yeah. So let's share one another screen of mine in which we will have our uh, live um, which screen is this in? So many screens. It's okay. Too many screens. No big deal. That's okay. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. I think you can see my dashboard right now. Yes, I can. Looks great. So, today we are running a specific uh, Azure Kubernetes service. It is a managed Kubernetes service offering from Azure. And we will use this to run Helm, deploy application and all those things. So yeah, this is our Kubernetes service or a Kubernetes cluster from Azure. It will see into the capabilities. It has a standard B4MS machine with 16 GB of RAM, around 17 GB of RAM and four CPUs. So yeah, and this is a Portion dashboard. So it has the Kubernetes resources here. And then when we go into this, we will get a lot of helpful features. So I'm giving a quick intro for people who aren't familiar with Portinal a bit. So in Portinal, you can see all your namespaces, like all the things available on your namespaces and create new namespaces. Namespaces provides you an abstraction to store objects and all those things. And then you can see applications you can create applications using a GUI. You can see there is no application right now because I've hidden the system resources. But if you see system resources, all of those things are running which are by default. Like you proxy your metric server and your code DNS autoscaler and all those things. And then we have config maps and secrets to store our secrets. We have volumes to create volumes so that you can store uh, data on Kubernetes. We have a cluster service, which shows how much memory is being used, how much CPU is being used, and how much RAM is available and all those cool things. And you can create new users and all those things uh, with Portina very easily. You don't have to go into the terminal and uh, access all those things. So now we will, uh, today our main purpose is Helm. So this is a, a cool dashboard from Portina which helps us to install applications from Helm. And those are a lot of applications which we have in Helm. So today we will go and uh, install WordPress. But for the people who have a working Kubernetes cluster and don't have a, a Portina setup, I'm providing you with a link which will help you to install Portina on your uh, desktop or your cloud. Kubernetes service. So yeah. So the category of our application we are searching is content management system. You can go there and find all the things. We don't want this, we want WordPress. So yeah.
we have selected to WordPress as a chart which we want to deploy. And then we need to give a name to our chart. So I was practicing and it was DOK site which I choose. And then as we told, Hens provides us with the custom values, which you can change as per as your requirements. So in typically when you deal with um, uh, custom deployment using kubectl, it becomes very hectic because you need to deploy everything and then you need to co connect everything. You need to select a lot of values, but with Helm, it becomes very easy. You get a values.yaml to search and then you can change things according to your wish. So let's change our user to Ritik because we are creating a site for me. Let's change my first name to Ritik here. And here I there are a couple more uh, configurations like what scripts in, should be there your smtp user protocol for your db and we have how much resources your following will be using your replica accounts your type of rolling update strategy uh, your affinity your node selectors the amount of memory your um so this instant would be using so we can give it the gb because we have around 15 gb of memory on our cluster and uh there these are quite advanced setups which you can look into it if you are curious but we won't use those in our demo yeah so in this demo we uh, would deploy a wordpress instance and it would have Rithik as the username the password would be auto generated and then this will be the text block. And then we will install. So it is installing the following. So yeah. So when we install this, uh, we can uh, like remove the system resources but it's not required. And then we can see something cool here. You can see our helm has created persistence volume on our Kubernetes storage. So one is a WordPress and one is the MariaDB, which our WordPress site is using. We can look into the following thing in excessive good web by using kubectl. Seeing the ports, we will see kubectl one. We can see those three are being created right now. It will take around one to 1.5 minutes for them to start running. So yeah, we have the MariaDB running and it is connected to volume claim so that our data is safe. And you can see it is being showing over there also that it has been running. So it's we are right now waiting for our WordPress site to run. So yeah, it is also running. So yeah, as we see, those are running. The good part about Portin is like you can see the passwords here, and also if you want to access your DV, you can use that using cluster ID. But as we don't want anyone to access the DV, so we have used that cluster ID. But you you want everyone to access your WordPress site, so you can just go and click here. And this is a WordPress site which everyone can access. 
remember we have used custom value as Ritik's block. So this is Ritik, if you would have changed that something else, it would else it's a wish. So uh, yeah. So Helm stores the charts using a zip and Portinum pulls that thing and unzips the following thing. And then we will go into deep. As we see, we have uh, associated one GB of memory to our Helm, uh, to our WordPress instance. So it is using a, a GB of memory. And then it has HTTP ports to access. And one good thing is uh, that it provides everything changes which we have done over here listed. And suppose we, if you want to see the password, so I can show you the password because I will destroy the Kubernetes cluster once we are done with the tutorial. So it shows the password in config maps and secrets. So you can see this is the password. This is the admin portal of this. I created a user ethic in the values.yaml and then login. So it's so easy to deploy a WordPress application here. We can update our application here using WordPress update. So yeah. So it's updating the WordPress, updating database and all those things. And yeah, we have a new WordPress here completely update WordPress and with just a click on Kubernetes. Yeah. So now uh, we will create a simple post and it will be a post created on our Kubernetes run WordPress. So, so let's but any session for the title. Oh yeah, oh yeah, 114. Yeah, be careful. We did 112 last week. Yeah. No, and, I'm just kidding. It looks great. It's good. And something here like, hey. Perfect. I love it. Good. Publish this. This is a. Um, I'm sending that this into chat so that people can visit our newly created blog. What can you share the thing to chat? So we created a blog on Kubernetes right now. Quite an simple block. Suppose uh, you need to change something over here. All right. Yeah, I share the link on the YouTube chat. So, uh, we, if you want to see what applications are running, so we can go here and see what applications are running. Right now, we have only one application running, which is the DOK side. And suppose if you want to change something, like if you want, suppose the allow empty password to be no. So it's very easy with Portal actually in with Helm, you need to open that on theme and then edit the config. It's, um, 
let's give it a minute and then you can just change that to no and then if you want to change the resource i suppose there is more load you can update this and then you can you just have to click on update application the same update application successful and you can see this has become no this is running and this is a new pod. So with time, we'll see this pod will be running and then this will be destroyed. So let's couple, wait a couple of minutes for this. Okay, got a couple of things I just want to run by you. Um, I'll, I'll copy and paste these in the chat. So someone asked, can we tie down Portainer with uh, IAM roles on who can access what ENV at what levels? It's possible. So you can go into the set, you can create users also. Okay. So you, so there is it, you can create them. Right. And it's simple. And then we got a, we got another question too. Um, so in the BE version, you can use RBAC features to tie down roles per se. Um, rollback access control is uh, like for the cluster. Yeah, you can use uh, that on B edition, and B edition provides you with five free nodes. Okay. So yeah, uh, there's something called five free nodes which is going right now, which gives you uh, five free nodes of Portina, like five free uh, nodes are like a machine in uh, your cluster, which helps you to access around five nodes. So this is called like, five. So I'm sharing the link so you can access this link. Application. Yeah, we're actually late. And that application deleted itself, and there is a new one which is running this. And suppose you, if you want to roll back to previous thing, it is as simple as clicking on redeploy. No, sorry, not redeploy. Roll back to previous configuration. So you can go, and then it will roll back to previous configuration. Got a quick question here from Yash. What's up, Yash? And thank you very much for the question. Yash is yeah. wondering how is Portainer different from Kubernetes? Okay. That's a very good question, Yes. So Portner provides you with a GUI which helps you to easily manage your cluster. It's a, uh, like for example, um, I, okay, so like suppose uh, it provides you a level of abstraction which helps you to understand everything very easily. For example, you can do all those things using kubectl and him command also, but provide, Portner provides you with a GUI which helps you have to go and look into the things which you want to. Suppose you want to see your application is running or not. You can just go and click here. You don't have to go and type kubectl get pods, kubectl get deployments to find the application. It provides your GUI. And suppose if you want to deploy a manifest, like an application, you can just go and click on create from manifest and then add a simple manifest and create an application over here. Also, there is a feature which helps you to deploy your GitOps application either from a Docker Compose. Like you can use your existing Docker Compose to deploy your application to 
Kubernetes, which is very helpful because you don't need to rewrite your manifest for Kubernetes, but you can use your original Kubernetes manifest in a lightweight GitOps. And you can, yeah, you can create volumes easily. Like it provides you a very good GUI to access things and manage things very easily. Perfect. Great stuff. Yeah. Thanks. So, yeah, so it was no, right now it's yes. So we rolled back to our previous configuration using that. And uh, our data is stored in a PVC over here on Azure and Helm installs, it creates and connects it automatically. When you were doing that using kubectl, you need to do that manually by creating and then connecting. It's quite complicated, to be honest, because you need to take care of a lot of things. But for, with Helm, it's very easy. So that's a, a quite a couple of features for Helm. And yeah, I suppose if you need to delete your application, so it is as simple as going here and deleting all of the application. So we won't be doing that right now because if we do, then nobody could access the block. But yeah, it's simple. So now we will just um, uh, go through a simple uh, chart architecture. So for example, if you help create something and it creates an engineer template over there. So we will go into this and see what files are there. So remember, we talked about charts.yaml. So there is a charts.yaml, there is a values.yaml, which provides us the values we need to change. There's a templates. So in template, we have templates, sorry. Templates, we have the deployment manifest, have the service manifest like our load balancer. We as we use the load balancer for our WordPress site, we'll explore all of the files one by one. First, we'll explore values.yaml. So, see in values.yaml, we have all the replica count image. And if you change something over here, your cluster becomes reflective of this change, it reaches to that state. And we have YAML in which it contains the details for a Helm chart, like a version, the name, and details in which will be required, like the versioning, the version, and type of application. So yeah. And then when we go to the templates, there are charts for the deployment, for example. And see, we are using version for kubectl, the kind it, it is what type of API would we be using for the deployment and the kind would be deployment metadata that name. And then if uh, it will take the name from the your values.yaml and it contains all the things and for services. It contains service and you can change according to your need as you want to. And everything you don't need to come to here to change. You can change those by going and changing the following thing. 
the values.yaml uh, is the same thing which we changed while we were deploying our manifest on port you know. And change either from the command line or you can get a clear access with GUI here and then you can go into the site and then you can those things and change those things here from here also. I think this is quite simple in comparison to reading the from the VM editor. So by your application install the release name with okay this one work. Want to install this application? You can run him install his name, something like that. Also, following application on your chart. So that's it. Here are our PVCs. You can answer any questions. Once again, you know, as someone, uh, can you just tell us a little bit about how long it took you to learn this? Like, when did you start, you know, uh, playing around with Portainer? Playing around with Portainer, like last year around um, May, I guess, May or June, something around that. So I started Portainer, actually, uh, yeah, around June, to be honest. Yeah. And and how, how was it that it first caught your attention and then you're like, hey, I can jump in and start doing this. Yeah, so actually I was, uh, so when I was working as a content writer at P3R, it's a German firm. So there I was writing a lot of blogs. So there came a need in which we I used to deploy Kubernetes clusters and all those things. But as I didn't know anything about that, it was very hard for me to understand how everything working and how to deploy application, how to find what applications are running. I could take a course, but taking a course was quite a long and I was getting confused. So um, Fabian, so whom I was working with, recommended me to use Portainer. So when then I started running Portainer and then I found out how things are connecting to each other. Like I could easily go and create an application without understanding manifest. And then I can go into the manifest and understand how things are working. So after you have data application, you can go into the YAML of this and it helps you to understand how everything is actually working. So this YAML is quite complicated because it's a very big application. It's a whole WordPress site, but the things I was playing with were quite simple and it was quite small and it was very helpful for me to understand. And then I started, uh, first I started with Docker. So right now I don't have a Docker endpoint connected to that, but it's very easy to connect. You can just uh, go to settings and connect endpoints which you have. Mm -hmm. So environments, so you can add environments like Docker and all those things, but I don't have a Docker running. But yeah, I started with Docker. I understood how Docker runs, how everything is working, how to create an image using firstly Portainer. And then I then went with Kubernetes because there was very easy, like you can use Docker and Kubernetes in one portal, right? 
So it's very easy to switch because you don't need to install anything else. You can just use two, three, three things together. Like you can learn Docker, then go into Docker Compose, then go into Kubernetes, just from one unified portal, which is the Portena portal. So yeah, that's how I started Portena because I wanted to write blogs which were good and I needed to write good blogs in the working application, which you can show to people. Like suppose you are writing a blog about Falco they need to run Falco so that you understand what exactly this is doing. So yeah, it was very easy using Portina to install that and then run. Very, very so, good. That's, no, that's a good, that's, I, but I, like I said, I just think it's a really, really nice source of inspiration for other folks out there. And um, and particularly as well too, is that, you know, like I said at the beginning, people get a little bit overwhelmed or nervous if we're talking about Kubernetes, cloud native technologies, et cetera. And, and I understand that, but there are tons of resources and tons and more and more cases such as yours of, you know, young people that just jump right into this. I really like as well, though, too, that you did this with the, the foundation of talking about WordPress. It's like, all right, you may not know about Kubernetes, but if we start with WordPress, things might sound a little bit more familiar. Like, I think I, I myself have done things in WordPress. So it's an environment that's, that's relatively comfortable. And seeing that you can get from one to the other, as was in your case, is is like I said, just I think it's going to give uh, people in in a similar situation that are starting out a lot more confidence and comfort when they're doing it, um, knowing that that they can. So anyway, I just think it's a very very good example. Yeah, because today we created a blog post on Kubernetes. That is a very big thing, to be honest. Like if you give someone a tutorial to do that, it will be hundreds of manifest files which they will be scared to use even. Like it happened with my case also, but when you use developer tools like Helm, Portena together, it's very easy and it gives the confidence required for people to start with that. So yeah, that's very important. Like the confidence, if you believe you can do that, then you can do that. If you that's can't have the big manifest and it's quite harmful and complicated too. Yeah. And like you said too, like, you know, by writing the blogs, you gave yourself a strong source of motivation to go out and try and doing these, to do these things. That's why we encourage folks as much as you can find a way to incorporate with something that you enjoy, whether it's video games or cybersecurity or arts or whatever, you know, that's why we try to incorporate all these other elements in our community, as well as in the how to DOK project. If folks don't know about that, you can jump in, start immediately, you know, being able to play around with these technologies. I think it's uh, I think it's definitely way, uh, the way to go. Anyway, continue. Yeah, uh, that's important. Like uh, like getting the confidence is the first part. Then you can do everything. So like Docker Kubernetes sounds very scary at first because like it uh, it's people think it's very complicated, but it's not if you think clearly why the what's the problem they are solving and how beneficial they are for your use case. And yeah, that's the thing. And most important thing right now with uh, good companies is like. Um, they give you free credits. Like if you want to run Kubernetes, like there are a lot of student programs which give you free credits, which you can go and learn Kubernetes. You don't have to, like if you have not a strong laptop, then you can create a Kubernetes cluster on virtually on some managed Kubernetes service like AKS, like Azure one or EKS, anything. And then you can use that to learn that. And yeah, it's easy. If you want like you don't have to, like most of the people who are students don't have a powerful laptop. So it's very easy to deploy a Kubernetes cluster on Azure and then use that to test things, learn things. Like there is no barrier to entry right now. Move that. This is a good point. And, and just, and that's like you said too, is don't worry, uh, you know, 
you just got to find a way to get it started based on the resources that you have and, and also trying to make it fun at the same time by being able to connect it with something that you're already interested in doing. It's like you said, in your case, it was WordPress. So, but like you said as well too, is that, you know, when we talk about this a lot, is it, is it a technological challenge? You, like, I think you put it really well. What do I need to do to gain the confidence that's necessary to do this? So think about building confidence. Don't just think about it as a technological issue. And also as well too, make community part of your solution, whether it's our community, CNCF, you know, Portainer has its own community as well get involved and ask questions and people will be delighted such as yourself to give answers and to talk about your experience so that it's easier for other folks to, to do it themselves. Um, no, so anyway. like, if you have question regarding something like if you have a question regarding Kubernetes even the CNCF community boasts around one, uh, 120,000 members. So if you put a question, there is like absolutely reply and a very detailed reply. Like they are very kind people over there. In, in DOK community has such a lot of people which can help you with data and Kubernetes, even Docker solutions are posted there. So you can just go and ask your questions. People would love to help you. Absolutely. Couldn't agree. I don't more. think you are stupid asking questions because everyone has questions. When I started, I had so many questions. Yeah. And like you said too, with the CNCF or you know other communities, when you have so many people, it's very probable that your question has been asked previously, which means that there'll be some really solid answers out there to help guide you. And if it hasn't been answered, then you give people the excuse uh, to go out and try something new and then they can experiment and figure it out as well. So anyway, all that stuff's good. Good, 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 good stuff, uh, Ritik. I really, really like it. Yeah. Hi. So uh, I don't have anything else to share as of now. So... Okay. Yeah. Yep, yeah, folks, we already we already got the links in in, in the YouTube in the YouTube uh, chat. Um, you're pretty easy to find on Twitter, LinkedIn, our Slack, other places as well. Um, yep. I'll, we'll be sure to link as well to you know the the writings that you've been doing. I think that's another good source of inspiration of you know different ways to get involved um, that people can do that. It's nice that you had that experience. Um, that being said, if, uh, do you have anything else that you want to share, Ritik, or where are we going no, to go? Uh, no, okay. I, will, uh, I will share the uh, representation of a Slack on DOK Slack, maybe Very good. so that people can look into that and I will share a list of commands for Helm, which they can go and understand that in a better way. And we will okay. have the things for the user, so not an issue. Perfect. Um, the last thing I would ask you to do then is to uh, stop sharing your screen so that I can share mine. Yeah, okay. So, no worries. And folks, we said it once, but we'll say it again. If you got other questions, please tag Ritik in our Slack, and I'm sure you'd be happy to, um, to answer them for you. Um, let's see if I can share my screen. Sorry, I keep leaving the window I need to be in. There we go. Uh, so I'm going to share my screen. You know that we've got a tradition in our community. While we're talking, we have an amazing artist behind the scenes. His name is Angel. <laughs> And he created this wonderful artistic depiction of some of the things that you talked about um, in your talk, a very, very practical talk from a technical perspective and also from your, in the perspective of your professional development and your learning experience of how you got to the point where you're at right now. Huge source of inspiration. So lucky to have uh, had you with us today. Very practical explanation also being applied, starting with why. Um, I got a lot out of this and I know our audience did too. So, Ritik, thank you very much for your time today. Welcome, Bond. Thank you for having me. 
My pleasure. And folks, we are an open community. We love our audience. We love the people that attend our, our live streams that ask questions and get involved. Please get in Slack and let's make some stuff happen. Uh, Ritik, I'm, it's, it was the thing, we've been talking about doing this for months. I'm glad that we finally uh, put everything together. Big shout out to Portainer, Neil, Andrew, all the wonderful team there. Great place. Wonderful people. Definitely check them out as well, too. Have a good one, folks. We'll see you next week.